Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for kaiju jaegers. Or if you swap the languages, monster ryoshis. That's right. You didn't know it, but the German word for monster is Jaeger. Monster. Oh. <laughs> Jaeger's the if Jaeger's hunter. Which by Jaegermeister is uh Mr. Jaeger. Yeah. Close enough. It's like the Burgermeister. Well Jaeger. Burger. Same thing. A master of burgers. Cody, what did we watch? Pacific Rim. Yes. Not Atlantic Rim. I I made very I made sure we didn't make it's an easy mistake. I may to make. have preferred to watch Atlantic Rim. How dare you? You're so oh, such trash. <laughs> yeah. You just this is a tra- this is a podcast about trash movies, but you, sir, the real trash is you. The real trash is the friends we made along the way. Well, you, I I did it. Yep. I watched this movie. Aided. And, you know, do you mind if I just give a little synopsis of it? I would love if you did that. All right. In the distant future of one year ago, in the year 2020, big old monsters come to Earth. And so Earth makes big old mecha robots to fight the big old monsters. And what you don't know is... Charlie Day has a has a part in it. That's it. No, oh, that's the whole thing. That's it. What else well, do you got to know? There's I'm, big robots, robots as some would call them, and big old monsters, or monsters as they would call them in German Germany. Yeah. What else do each? What else do you need? They're big. Well, it starts in 2013, so you need the correct years. But then at one point we're in 2020. Yeah. What point is that? When you're then introduced to the main character, main characters fighting kaiju, or in or big old monsters, yeah, in 2020, and then we flash forward five more years or something, yeah. and then that's when the bulk of the movie happens, right? Yeah. There's also 17 minutes between when this movie starts and when the title appears on screen. Yeah, there is. 17 minutes. Yeah. That should be illegal. It's so good. So. So you loved it. I loved it. It's one of the best movies ever made. What I mean, really, the rest of this podcast is just kind of fluff at this point. What are you doing with your life if you haven't seen Pacific Rim, you know? I'm so sure that this movie's good. Look at me, I'm cleaning my glasses off. Have they been smudged for three solid days to the point where it's kind of difficult to see out of spots of them? Yes. I need some sort of a professional live-in glasses cleaner. Yeah, you do. To twice a day... Take my glasses from off my face (laughs) and clean them for me. You know, I think a butler is extravagant, and I don't think, regardless of the amount of... No, don't look. Keep going. Oh, no, stop. You are not allowed to tongue things, even if they're your own glasses in the middle of the podcast. lick off the grease, you know, the oils. I'm a greasy boy. You're like a a dog. (laughs) This needs to be cleaned. I have the perfect thing for that. It's my tongue. Yeah. So anyway, I would pay someone $50 a day just to come and clean my glasses. Because I'm not going to do it, and I, I'm happy every time they are clean. So anyway, I did... This movie was fine. It was okay. And 
that's all i i don't i have a complicated history of this movie and i'll have to tell you about it once we really get into it suffice it to say this movie was fine it was fine i didn't love it i didn't like it yeah i didn't like it <laughs> it made me happy every now and again but i it, tyler i didn't i didn't want to and you made me i guess is what i'm getting at but that's the name of the show right there basically right you don't want to watch any of these shows uh-huh. but you're gonna how did it go for you you've seen this movie what 32 times Oh, not that many, but at least ten. I like it. How did this time? How did this time go for you? It's a treasure every time. Does it age like a fine wine? No. Does it get better <laughs> or worse? No. Is it good? Yeah. This isn't a movie that every time I watch it, I like it more. I just like it every time I watch it. All reliable. Unlike the next one, which is a movie where I think I like it, and then I watch it, and then I my mind has changed for a period. You already of time. did the thing. You already know? Or are you talking about the sequel to this movie? This movie. Yeah. I haven't spun the thing yet. You haven't done the thing? Yeah. All right. Is there anything else we need to say to the people before we, we spoil things? I will, I'll say this, just to tease the people. The nobodies, as in zero people do this, who listen to just this opening part and then go watch the movie and then come back. Yeah. Because nobody does that. That's true. The more I've researched this film, the more I really like this movie. You know what I'm just realizing? Hmm. Zebra, I thought, made all their pins in Japan. But this one that I bought, Hmm. it's like one of the fancy zebra ones, was made in Indonesia. Yeah. So, is it time? It's time. We're going to get in this Jaeger. We're going to drift. We're going to mind meld. We're going to go into each other's thoughts, our deepest, darkest memories. Don't chase the rabbit, which is an acronym. And you missed that, didn't you? You're like, what's the rabbit? That's dumb. I hate this movie. And then you sat there and you groaned. What's the acronym? I can never remember what the A stands for. It's random impulse thoughts, you know. I'll look oh, it up. Whatever. I literally listened I said, to the video. I said, don't chase the rabbit because Alice in Wonderland. That's the joke. It's 1B, though. You don't even know how to spell rabbit, and you're out here criticizing Guillermo del Toro. Oh, right. It's like the Welsh rabbit. Oscar-winning person. <laughs> person. <of> person. <laughs> He's an entity. We don't know what he is. He's just there. He's scientists, Spanish. Scientists have been studying Guillermo for years trying to figure out what he is. Is he Mexican? Is he Spanish? Is he Honduran? Was he born off of the page of a, a Spanish language comic book? Is he Pan? Nobody knows. That's true. Has anyone seen his feet without shoes? They're probably hooves, and he indeed is Pan. Yeah. So we're allowed to spoil things now? Here's the thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's spoiler time. We're here. We're the movie, the if there's one thing this movie did right, one thing this movie did right was it sets the tone immediately by just throwing up on screen being like kaiju's jaegers that's what you need to know and you're like oh it's gonna be one of those like it immediately establishes itself Mm -hmm. just by saying that you know yeah it's like it's gonna be friggin cool and you better like it and that's it so that's good i just i want to say something i thought was strange in my research because i i tried to watch all the others i wanted deep dives which there are lots and lots of deep dives into the second film. Why? None into this one. Why? I don't know. 
Because the second film wasn't as well-reviewed as this one. The second one is definitely the worst movie. But there's all kinds of... I listened to a lot of Indian men tell me the timeline. And most of them were wrong to some degree. Oh, no. And I'm like, this is what you do. This is what your YouTube channel with 250,000 subscribers does is these monster movie timelines. Anyway, point is, the Cinema Sins people, they do their stuff. Uh, I watched their video. I was, I was going to say, I'm going to call them out. Not impressed. Not impressed by their video. Here's mm. what I didn't like. They got the Cinema Sins, the Cinema Wins. You know what I mean? Uh, okay. They got the two channels. I only knew about the Cinema Sins. I didn't even know the Wins was They got thing. the Wins, too. No one watches the Wins. The problem is the Wins guys and the Sins guys, who are the same guys, mm. will say the same things. Well, that seems like a conflict of <laughs> so, uh, interest. Like They'll be like, this guy said this line. That's dumb. I hate it. Kill him. Sin. <laughs> Next time, in the wins, they're like, that was fun. Win. And it's like, no, no. Nay, nay. You're sp- you got to be able to compare these scores. Yeah, that's true. You're right about that. So here's my problem with it. So the whole point of the movie, right? These Jaegers, nope. These Kaiju, these Godzillas of sorts, these big old monsters from the deep, mm-hmm. they come. They come. Yep. And they're so big, you gotta fight. You know, they're too big. You can't punch them. You can't throw missiles at them. It doesn't work. Uh, there's one obvious answer that we all know is the answer. Then the mistake that humankind made in this movie is that they went big. They're like, you got big, you fight with big. The answer is no, no. You go small. You go Osmosis Jones style. You go into the beast and explode it from within. We all know that. We've all seen Sharknado. We know exactly how to destroy a big monster. In through the mouth, you got to be little. In through the mouth, big explosion, or you get out. That's how you do it. Ant-Man style. This should have been an Ant-Man movie. Like a Thanos situation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, that's theory. That's what I'm saying. So that's the first sin of this movie, I would say. They didn't go tiny. They went big. I admit that the big is cooler, but the tiny makes more sense. Yeah. Now, one thing one of the guys did point out that I'll, I'll say, I love this film, but they do make a solid point. You know, the, the chest rockets in the, like, the advanced one from the Australian one? Yeah. That guy, he's the fast. He's the fast Jaeger. Mm-hmm. He got chest rockets. They're like, why don't you just put like a thousand of those around the hole? And if it sees something come out, they all just shoot at whatever came out the hole. Like an anti-aircraft gun for <laughs> kaiju. Yeah, like a like defense turrets just all yeah. around it. And you're like, but they're at the bottom of the ocean. But the chest cannon survived at the bottom of the ocean. Right? The point is, this is what I've realized as I was watching all the behind the, behind the scenes. That I realized that we're dumb. Everyone who's done these deep dives is dumb. Mm. The Cinema Sins teams are the dumbest. Uh-huh. Just because they say the same things for wins. Although one of my favorite things that they said in the wins was when Charlie Day's character does the... Who's the other guy? The other scientist? The math, the math scientist is like, numbers are as close as we get to the handwriting of God. <laughs> yes. And he's just like, what? <laughs> and they just pause it. They're like, oh, Charlie Day. 
you're amazing and then that's all they said and chalked up a win uh, and i was like that's the best line in any movie i mean i felt the exact same way like i wrote I, I wrote that down somewhere but i was just like oh i'm here for charlie day like this was this is the first oh here's what i wrote redo the movie it's just about charlie day yeah. but then he has this whole side adventure and then i was like and eh, nah, that's fine yeah. <laughs> you know? but anyway that well as soon as i saw him on the screen i was like this is this is right okay this is what we need to be doing more of. But so what they what they what they do, what they done said right when they're talking about when they're talking to Guillermo they're talking to everybody involved. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro, as we all know, as we've learned, as we've taken into ourselves, is just a nerd that people give millions and millions and millions of dollars to make movies to. Yeah, and he's like, oh, everybody's like, oh, what is auteur? What a <laughs> this movie about fish and fishes and fishing and their relations mm. with humans or not humans and their fish people oscar worthy and he's just like so i thought about what if i made a monster movie <laughs> that's how he starts yeah. like every interview monster movie but uh there's there uh there's love and you're like oh that, so that was a, the that was it that was the idea yeah so to hear his pitch for the movie changed how i thought about the movie well, he's, he's not he's not that different. What was his pitch? So he grew up loving monster movies. That's like yeah. who why he got into making movies. And then so what he wanted to do was make a movie. He's like, no kid's gonna watch Pan's Labyrinth and be like, I love monster movies. Mm-hmm. The way that like he watched Godzilla in the eighties and was like, This is awesome, you know? Yeah. So he wanted to remake that. So it's not supposed to win an Oscar. It's supposed to be a movie that's fun and like a kid playing with toys would do. He's like, there's no people in the cars. There's nobody in the buildings. You never see like people getting crushed in this chaos because it's just toys. It's yeah. monsters and toys. That's he's, that's how he put it. Monsters and toys, which every kid's going to love. Mm-hmm. So the fact, in his mind, this is a kid's movie akin to like Despicable Me or The Minions. Yeah. And we're all looking at it like comparing it to the Godzilla movie, which is not a kid's movie. Yeah. But to be fair, they do they do take it more, you know, they go like deeper into the science and the why. And there's the conflict of the leader and the person, you know, like there's a lot more. They tried, I think for that kind of movie, they tried too hard with the writing, you know, like. But even his thing says, like even he says that. You know, a lot of that stuff doesn't make sense. Or they're like, yeah, this is happening. Moving on from that. Yeah. Like, they never really explain it. He's it's like, not really a sci-fi movie. Yeah, because he's like, don't explain it. Nobody cares. It's just like, I don't know, the robots are big and it's real cool when they fight the monsters. Yeah. In that way, he is... I'm realizing more and more he and Peter Jackson are the same person. Like, Peter Jackson is Guillermo del Toro if he was born in New Zealand. And Guillermo del Toro is Peter Jackson if he was born in Mexico. Like, same vibe, you know? Yeah. Like, because Peter Jackson has his movies that are like body horror movies and like cheesy horror elements put into other things and supernatural stuff. And that's the same thing Guillermo del Toro does. It's just Peter Jackson made Lord of the Rings. And Guillermo del Toro won an Oscar for Pan's Labyrinth and for Shape of Water. But so many of his other movies are like, no, it's a weird ghost story thing. Or no, it's like a crazy horror movie or a giant monster film so it's weird it's weird that they're both oscar-winning directors 
that are like monster movie horror enthusiasts, you know? Which you nailed why he was going to be the guy that he was the guy they originally picked for the Hobbit. Makes sense. It it does. Like when you think about it, it does make sense. Yeah. It's like, oh. It's just Del Toro's a coward (laughs) who left us. They mentioned that in the behind the scenes stuff that he wanted to make this movie and getting off of uh, the Hobbit and another film that fell through Mm -hmm. freed him up to make this Pacific Rim. And that they mention it from that end that he left because of all these delays. But then from the when we were researching stuff for The Hobbit, it seemed like he was the reason for the delays. Yeah, yeah. So I don't... Who, who knows? How but do you I, believe? I believe Peter Jackson yeah. <laughs> every time. Yeah. I, I could see it being... I, well, anytime you're dealing with a big studio, you think about it, Del Toro, he's, you know, Pants Labyrinth is not a big studio movie. And Shape of Water is an Oscar bait movie, but it's not, you know, when you're dealing with a movie like The Hobbit where it's like, okay, it's prequels for Lord of the Rings. It's coming a little bit later than some people may have expected as a follow-up to it. Like, there's big money being put up, you know. Yeah. It makes sense that when you're dealing with that kind of dough. It's the same reason why a lot of directors have problems with Marvel and Disney where it's just like, all right, I can't can't work with this i need to be in charge of the project instead of the studio being in charge of the project yeah and i'm tied to it you know but even watching this you gotta admit like if you're gonna make a movie and it's like well there's a big dragon in it so we want someone like peter jackson but who likes giant monsters yeah yeah no it does make sense it checks out yeah so it does kind of show you like the fight scenes in this and like the carnage and destruction and stuff like you imagine smog looking as good as these monsters do mm-hmm. and the destruction looking as good as this does yeah that would have been cool but yeah just his pigeon it made me kind of realign a lot of it and it kind of just took the wind out of the sails of a lot of criticisms i had right where you have to just appreciate the movie for what it's meant to do and not based yeah. on like he even talks about still the the guy i'm trying to think about the guy who what they're called the the guys who do the camera work, but in the CG, the giant CG fights, mm-hmm. you know, and do the lighting and everything there. He's like, don't worry about it if the lighting's the same between shots. Because nobody cares. We're making a comic book into it. You don't have to worry if the color is exactly the same in between two right. panes of a comic book. So a lot of those things that you're like, oh, you know, this is, sucks. There's no thematic reason for the lighting to be this certain way during the scene and yeah, nothing like that. It's just now we're doing the cool fight thing. Yeah, that's interesting. I uh, I do wonder. Do you know the budget for this one? Uh, yes. I'm gonna guess it's a lot. A it pretty is a, good amount. It is a pretty good. I, amount. I just don't know how to go big or to go huge. It's not huge. I'm gonna guess 150. It's so this is 180 to 200 million, and I've seen most and places. What's just, the box office like? 600 million. 400. 400 million. 411. Respectable. That's enough. Enough to get a sequel with John Boyega. But Guillermo del Toro wasn't involved in it at all. He sure weren't. Um, yeah, he was not. He was too busy winning Oscars. But I will. So another fun fact for you: the movie did have, I think they said, forty or fifty minutes of exposition dialogue in it. Mm-hmm. And Guillermo del Toro called in two other. I think he said. I think it was two other Mexican directors, like famous Mexican directors. Yeah. That he's worked with a bunch in the past. Mm-hmm. And they went through 
and told him like, you don't need this. You don't need that. You don't, who needs it? Nobody cares about this. Nobody cares about, you don't need to explain that. Don't explain this. This yeah. sounds dumb. And just took out almost an hour of the film where they're just like, this stuff makes it dumb and makes it, you're over explaining monsters and robots. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, my thing with this movie, there are some cool monster fights and there's some cool, interesting ideas that, you know, if you just want to be like, that's an interesting idea. That's kind of cool. Let's just leave that. Mm-hmm. Leave it at that. My problem is, I think the movie was like 25 minutes too long. And I think as like an hour 45, hour 50 movie, it would have been stronger. Because for me, once the sword comes out, I'm like, that's the end of the movie. And then it's like, no, we have 30 minutes left. I was like, oh. I was actually... <laughs> it's supposed to be a cool monster fight movie. And honestly, the last... There's like, you know, three tiers. We do it the mo- big monster fight in the beginning. We have the ones in the middle. And then there's like the end fight and then the real end fight. And the real end fight is where I got really bored. <laughs> like yeah. once they were underwater and by the big portal thing and doing all that, I was like, we're not even fighting monsters anymore. We're just trying to see if we can get, you know, it was one of those like timers ticking down. Are they going to hit the button in time kind of things where I'm like, yeah, I'm done. Like I'm good. We did the monster fighting. That could have been the end, you know? Yeah. That was my thing with me. I was literally bored the last like ten minutes of action. I was like, "Oh yeah, no, I'm, I'm yeah. good." I was I was tapped out. I had my hit my fill. I was ready to be done. So that's my thing about this movie. I definitely think like like you said, I feel like the underwater stuff, them moving more slowly and everything, and then being like, "Well, they're underwater, so everything's slow." It's like, yeah, but you don't have to do that. It's that, so, it's, then it's not a climax anymore. Now you're fighting slower. <laughs> you know, you're like, yeah. this is less fun and then they're like oh it's the category five kaiju and it's like oh they're gonna have to do some crazy maneuver and it's like nope it's just gonna murk these guys they're gonna blow up and it's not gonna die but then they're gonna stab it and it's like that it felt like there should have been more of a climactic like them having to like one of them about to die and then the other one comes out of nowhere and like choke sort of a team up and yeah instead it was like i did the sacrifice to get you guys what you need it was like it's okay but it's not the climax of the fighting, of the big, cool monster fighting. Yeah. And then they're, like, dragging the body of the one, and then the other one pops up, and they just drop that one and take the other one. And it's like, well, don't don't show me three minutes of them dragging one across the seafloor. Yeah. So I get the, the end, I agree. The end is too slow. Like, it takes, how long are they falling through? Like, they're talking and stuff That's through the bridge. so bored. And man. I'm like, okay, they go through the bridge, you lose communication until yeah. they pop up. That's how this should have gone. You're not talking. There's like so much back and forth. And I'm like, they're in the other dimension. Why are they not set? And then I'm like, oh, they're still falling through the bridge Mm -hmm. between dimensions. Yeah. Why are they not in the other dimension? That's the thing. That's one thing that I didn't get at the beginning. They're like, a portal opened up and big old monsters. And I was like, a portal from where? Like, at first I was like, is there just a hole? Like, are they in, is like journey to the center of the earth where they're like, underneath the crust of the earth there's the center of the earth is dinosaurs and kaiju and then later in the movie i realized like oh it's a different dimension i just got confused there but it did clear itself up as we went through the movie yeah which i i almost wonder if they didn't have that thought first of like the hollow earth thing yeah it's like that's what was kind of like godzilla right he gets woken up from the radioactive something or other of a thingy and comes out yeah, I think it changes because some stuff is he's created from the nuclear tests and some he's mm. an ancient being that gets awoken by it. Yeah, and... so anyway. But I did think that was one thing that actually 
ideal is kind of cool. They talk about like, oh, the kaiju, that's the original dinosaurs. See, I'm always confused on that. Or did like, they say the kaiju were the dinosaurs? Or did they say they showed up and the dinosaurs were here, but they were like, ah, this isn't quite right. You know, then the, well, the way I see it, there's three possibilities. <laughs> no. <laughs> One, you put the dime in me pants. Okay. No. So first, they were dinosaurs. Second, they showed up and they were like, this is not conducive to our physiology. Mm-hmm. And they bounced. Or three, they showed up and the dinosaurs immediately murked them. All right, just just murdered all the kaiju. Mm. But the kaiju are bigger than dinosaurs. The kaiju now are. You got here. Let me explain this to you. There's five category of kaiju. All right. There's unlimited categories. Now, if you did look, you got your category one kaiju. What about your category? 0.25 kaiju that thing could get beaten by a t-rex yeah i guess there's also the 250 million years of how advanced are they 250 million years ago where are they at that level where they send in like you know the geico gecko level thing yeah. <laughs> to go take it over they're like oh these are way out of our league we gotta we gotta work on the sun get some growth hormones into this gecko and <laughs> let's make it yeah. a little bigger to fight the dinosaurs I, I, okay, of all the principles of this movie that are cool, but kind of dumb, but mostly dumb, but sometimes cool, I just, I always tap out right at the beginning when they're like, two pilots, you gotta have two pilots, I'm like, why? <laughs> I, don't, I understand the reason why, right? Like, oh, the neural connection is too intense yeah. for one brain, so two brains can handle it, and I'm like, that just seems like a lot of steps for no, like... I understand it sets you apart from just like Gundam where it's like, yeah, I'm in the robot and I'm piloting. piloting. At least it's something different and it's a constraint on the story where it's like, oh, I got to find my pair and I lost my pair. Like half of it, I I think, oh, it's kind of cool. The other half, I'm like, this is dumb. Like two brains can handle the neural. It's just a neural connection. Like can't you, can't you hook up a thing to your hand and it senses electromagnetic pulse and then the hand moves when your brain tells it to move? You know, like how's that that different from like, oh, just mimicking my emotion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is something I think that was interesting. This is one of those things that the Cinema Sins video had in both mm-hmm. as a sin and a win, right? Because they were like on the one. Like, oh, this is dumb. Why do you need two people? It's just a robot. You know? <laughs> yeah. And then the other one, which I was like, I feel like they put more work into the wins than the sins. Because mm. the win and the one, the one where they were like, oh, that's interesting, was when they were talking about the pain because they get stabbed in the shoulder and they're like, aha. Like, oh, yeah. Because how could they pick up that boat and know how much pressure to give it? Like, how could you fight or interact with things? You would just crush or drop everything. But why would you feel pain when the robot gets hit? That seems like well, bad design. That's the thing is that they mentioned in there and I'd say like you would think there'd be some kind of fail safe, but they're only like how many, you know, this is a third generation mm-hmm. Jaeger. Yeah. So it makes sense that it's like, yeah, there's a fail safe, so it won't kill you or yeah, break what, your brain. What did they say? The first ones, they like scrapped together in like 13 months or something. They were like, yeah. yeah. It was like, like, we had like a year to scrap this together and like yeah, so make like, a robot the size of two Chrysler buildings or whatever, you know. Yeah. All the pilots are dying of radiation poisoning because they didn't shield anything. They're just like, who cares? Should we put some lead here? No, we don't have enough time. Go. Yeah. Just get, yeah. get someone in there. Like the first group of pilots died because they tried to like piloted by themselves and it broke their brains yeah which that leads into 
if there are like receptors that so you're supposed to be able to feel mm-hmm. um that makes more sense why it would take two brains to handle the load of that much input but is it better to have two bra- like you know I, I understand that like oh we found a way to connect the brains but it just seems like you have to have someone that's perfectly in sync with you yeah which yeah, i think whatever. is more just like an anime thing which is yeah, they talks about a lot in the interviews with him, with Guillermo del Toro, about yeah. based on anime stuff and animes that he liked and mangas that he liked. Yeah, growing up. So, I think really that's just one of those things where it opens it up. It opens up for like this, you know, I don't know, like these companionship stories where it's like there's people who there's brothers, there's twins, there's father son. There's then he has yeah. to try to find a partner who just like is good with him. Yeah. Which I yeah. think is something in the next one, don't they kind of go well, into where... And then, too, at the end, you're just like, I can pilot without anybody. You're like, what? You spent a whole movie explaining how you have to have two people. And he just like... pilot at the end? With... Or no, no, he's saying he's neutral. He can he can pilot with anybody. That's what he says. Remember? Because yeah. he's like, well, I can't... My dad's hurt or whatever. Or, you know, he's like, I can pilot with anybody. Like, what? Well, I th- yeah, his whole... I think that You can just shut more... your brain off and be your universal donor for kaiju piloting. Or Jaeger piloting. Yeah, which I think that, to me, read more like he's disciplined enough to not let his emotions run wild. Because that's the whole thing of like... But don't they just need a perfect connection so that they're in sync of thinking of what to do at the right times? Well, I think that's when, like... Because, so if you have similar past experiences, right? When your brother's experience of going to a baseball game that you were at pops up you're not gonna like get lost in that memory Uh because you shared all these things so that's how they talk i think they talk about the but then charlie hunan has nothing to do with the the lady yeah that's more just i don't know them (laughs) wanting to bang or something i don't know i'm i keep forgetting that i'm wanting to look up what the rabbit actually stands for because i actually when they played it back and they're like, it's an acronym. I was like, oh my gosh, that is like the most, that's a cool thing that I've missed. And I hate that they made it so missable because mm-hmm. it sounds like just like an offhanded thing that they keep saying, but it's like, they say it incredibly clearly. Like they say the different words. He explains it. There's a lot her. of, for having cut out like an hour of exposition, there's still like a good amount of exposition in this movie. Yeah. You know? But it's like, yeah, I can't. I it blew my mind when they were like, "Year 2020." I was like, "Uh, what do you think? COVID 19 pandemic? Kaiju? Which one would you take?" I mean, I would, I would take which like world changing interruption to your day to day life would you, you know? I mean, here's the thing. This is what I thought through the whole movie. Where we live, how much interruption would there really have been? I mean, he's not popping out of the Mississippi River, right, or the Missouri that, River. Like, he's not just. He's not just. Uh, you know there it's the pacific rim if you live on the atlantic rim you're fine you gotta watch the other movie to see what happens <laughs> the shoot off which i love atlantic the, rim i love that their plan was like yeah we're just gonna scrap the jaegers which have worked forever because they stopped working so we're just gonna instead of making them better we're just gonna scrap the program, build a wall that we know doesn't work and move everybody okay, a few miles let's inland. talk about that okay let's <laughs> talk about the wall thing because that was that was the stupidest thing in the movie. I thought, okay, because here's why. couple reasons. First off, number one, you are using brick to stop a kaiju. Number two, your wall is not much taller than a kaiju. Number three, we learned towards the end of the movie, 
they're a kaiju that can fly. <laughs> so I know, you know, even if there hadn't been any, you're like, that's it. <laughs> what if, what if they came with a stepladder? What if the kaiju <laughs> came through? He had a little stepladder. Boom, boom. Two steps. That kaiju can just hop on over that wall. Yeah. What is, and is it, is it just a wall around the breach? I guess, or is it a wall around the major cities? What, what is this wall? It seemed like it was a wall around the Pacific Ocean. Uh, I think. <laughs> Here's the thing: I've seen Attack on Titan. I know things, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The wall worked until it, the wall. Every time this the wall works until it doesn't is a metaphor for immigration. We all know Guillermo del Toro is Mexican. We all know mm. that people want to build a wall on the border. The kaiju are Latinos, all right? <laughs> Jaegers are white people. Or Border Patrol. Border Patrol guys, um, guess, yeah. So that's just another layer. <laughs> See, people think this movie's dumb. It's actually a very complicated metaphor for the Mexican border. I don't know. Guillermo seems pretty clear on the fact that it's supposed to be a dumb kid's movie. Nope. Nope. We're gonna chalk this up in the winds, all right? <laughs> super deep, super deep movie. I've got the I've got the acronym for you here. It's random access brain impulse triggers, which they say at least twice, and then say rat the rabbit. Don't chase the rabbit. So when they're first I know no, they said it, but no, no. this let me tell you, let me hit you with this. When Sorry. they're about to drift for the first time, yeah. Hoonan and what's her face? They're about to drift. He says, Don't trace Mako. the rabbit. She says, what's that? Then he says, random access oh, yeah, brain impulse does, huh? triggers. None of us caught it. None of us understood what he was doing. We're all dumb, like, rat brain children that have no attention span. Because I was not paying attention. I, I checked out at that point. I was like, I know what the drift is. I don't need to pay attention to this. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Okay, how about Daft Punk helmets? Did it not... Break your heart when they put on Daft Punk helmets. Because Daft Punk Daft just quit. Punk broke up. And it's like, it's only been eight years since their last album. <laughs> and, I, I said and it's she... only been 14 years since they were touring. So what, you know, what, what gives? <laughs> Tron Legacy was only 11 years ago. <laughs> what, here's my question. What caused, did they, were they trying to make another album and got, did, was it, here's the thing. You know my more best, than I do. My best understanding and I have not heard their comments directly on it. I've just read like one and a half articles on it. And the article is mostly like, wasn't Daft Punk amazing? Here's all the stuff they did. They're old. They've been making music since like the mid to early 90s, which is yeah. when some of us were bored. <laughs> and they've won their Grammys and they've done their wonders to us. And I think they're just like, yeah, we're old. We're not trying to make any more music. That's what I'm guessing happened. Okay. They've done collabs and stuff since their album came out, their last yeah. album. And I, I mean, if anything, that's the way to go out, right? It left a huge impact on like that whole genre of music and blended it with different kinds of music and did soundtracks and collabed with everybody. And I would say their last album is their best album. You know, like to end on your best work, that never happens in music. You know, your best work's in the beginning of your career. You might reinvent yourself and have some mid-career success, but like no one has a 25-year career where it's like, you can say, oh, yeah, our last work was our best work. Anyway, their humble stuff thought Daft Punk looked yeah. like Daft Punk, and it made me sad. <laughs> yeah. A little well, bit. Here's my question. The I, liquid, here's what I want. The liquid I the want drinks. this movie fused with Tron Legacy. So it's <laughs> Daft Punk fighting. They're piloting. They're in the breach. They're in the 
They're in the drift there too, DJing, music piloting, a music robot to fight with monsters. Yes. <laughs> that's what I want. That's the best movie ever. You just That's what you pitched. It's going to be a sequel to Tron, and it'll be the third movie in this. All right, so that's the thing. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a sequel to both, and it's just gonna we're just gonna fuse them. We're just gonna just much like the drift. We're gonna fuse them both and put them in the same consciousness and make a movie. <laughs> and who's gonna direct it? We all know. Let's just say it on three. One, two, three. Peter Jackson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like the reverse of the Hobbit. Yeah. You know. There you go. So, uh, Coen Brothers would be great too. Yeah. That would make I- no sense. <laughs> 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 Joel and Ethan Cohen. Francis McDormand is playing the military commander, much like she does in whichever Transformers movie that was. And then the Daft Punk, as they are today, as fifty-year-old men, fifty-year-old Frenchmen, will play the two main characters. They can't take off their helmets because that's the rules. Yeah. And uh, who else is in it? Charlie Day still in it, obviously. Jeff Bridges is in it still, and uh, I don't know. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's all we need. We'll give all the narration lines to Charlie Hunan and Hunan Hunan that guy, and whoever played the main guy in Tron Legacy. Can yeah, I, that guy. Here's the thing. You said I like Tron Legacy as a fun, trashy movie. Oh you yeah. You said a sequel to Tron Legacy, and I went ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like. That was a that was a knee jerk instant reaction <laughs> of like just oh man they could never make a sequel to that. This being a Tyler's trash episode, <laughs> you're really hating on Tron Legacy over here just, and the idea of it having a sequel. It's not a good film. Oh, how dare you, sir? Okay, let me just break this down for you. It's the first movie to really go for it with the digitization of making someone younger. All right, yeah, that's its first. Pro. <laughs> His head wiggles a lot, and it's Number weird. two, Daft Punk does the music in it. That alone is enough reason for a movie to happen. They're in the movie. They're in the club. They sure are. Number three, where would Olivia Wilde be without it? She's there. <laughs> Same place that she is now, probably. And uh, I, you only need three reasons, three good reasons to do a movie. So there we are. But here's the coolest part of Tron Legacy. They did raves at Disneyland because of Tron Legacy. Like, well, after that movie came out, you could go to Disneyland, Disney California Adventure, and they would set up. They had Flynn's Arcade there for a while. You could go to Flynn's Arcade, play old video games, and then at night they would, like, have, like, dance parties and stuff and doing techno music and, like, cool stuff. People on big stilts doing techno. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Probably. They have helmets. Who's the, anyone with a helmet could or could not be a member of Daft Punk? You know, you don't know. Every motorcyclist you see, 50-50 shot, right? <laughs> they are a member of Daft Punk. That's the genius of Daft Punk. Yeah, that's the thing. If you're Daft Punk, couldn't you just like be like, hey, you two guys, you're going to be Daft Punk now. It'd be like a Dread Pirate Roberts. Exactly. But for techno. Yeah. Oh, for EDM. But you just have everybody say, no, we're the same guys. And you so never, has- and you will never die. That's what's cool about it. Yeah. You become immortal. Yeah. Unless the next guys suck and totally kill the brand. Oh. Which is the fear. 
Daft Punk fans are going nowhere. They are loyal to to no end. Yeah. So Kaiju's dog paddle. That's what I learned from this movie. <laughs> yeah, they do. <laughs> There's like a, a shot of the Kaiju dog paddling. That which uh, I got a kick out of that. Yeah. That does lead into No one the... no one is too good for the dog paddle, all right? That's what well, I learned. It's good enough for Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy. It's good enough for the kaiju. It's good enough for you. All right. Here's the thing. You're I talking just about realized, and like this is how deep SpongeBob is. Yeah. I just realized now, as a twenty-something-year-old man, that they are two human beings the size of a sponge living under the sea. Yeah. There's episodes about how Sandy the Squirrel needs her whole oxygen thing, and they're just. Two humans that choose to live with the fishes. Well, he's got a magic sea star, and Barnacle Boy's lungs are filled with barnacles. <laughs> they just replaced his lungs with barnacles. Yeah. Anyway, or I just things. I just got that now. I'm like, yeah. it's just two dudes. Anyway, yeah. what a genius show. What a wonderful show. I it's guess so Aqu- the idea is he's like Aquaman, right? Except also a little bit like Batman. Like the yeah. old Batman cartoons mix the logo with Aquaman. He's Aquaman, but with the cheesiness of the old batman cartoon or batman show yeah. and he's retired mm-hmm. uh this movie predicted two things about the year 2020 <gasps> number one zoom meetings yeah. there were a couple big military zoom meetings i was like oh that's eerie number two a bunch of people wearing masks when they go into like the kaiju uh basement den thing yeah well that's always been a thing in china though yeah but i mean it was just eerie to me to like yeah. see Zoom meetings and mask wearing in a movie that was yeah. made eight years ago. Yeah. Gave me the heebie jeebies. Yeah. Here's the thing though. Here's the thing where it all comes crashing down for this empire of glorious, wonderful monster. Anyway, comes crashing down. How deep is the water? At any given point, and how far away are they from any point? The answer, ever? two answers, deep enough and far enough. Okay, those are your answers. I didn't know we were gonna have Guillermo del Toro on this podcast. Hey, <laughs> what is this? One thing if it's like, oh, it's kids, it's dumb. We don't gotta explain anything. It's another thing if you're like, we're gonna drop you in the middle of the ocean. You're in Alaska. This is the Bar- Bering Sea. Was that what that is? Yes. You know, you're in there. You got to go out there. You're supposed to be a mile out of the place. You're going to abandon a city of three million people. I don't know if there's that many people in Anchorage, which is the biggest city in Alaska, right? Or is it June? Anyway, the thing's swimming. The kaiju is completely underwater and then stands up to water, what, thigh high? Yeah. Waist high? Yeah. point is... The kaiju squat walk, or not the kaiju, the the Jaeger either swam somehow or like squat walked to try to surprise this kaiju, which was under the water, and then also stood up. So why were they not both just walking? You know, you're asking all the right questions, and I think I want you to direct Pacific Rim 3 colon Legacy. I'd do it. I would do it in a heartbeat. If any movie in the world that I would actually take the reins of a multi-million dollar budget <laughs> film, like I would do it so fast. Because yeah. I would just be like, all right, all the people that Guillermo had, let's bring them in. Mm-hmm. 
do your thing and I'll tell you if it's dumb or dumb. <laughs> and we'll go from there. That's your direct that's a good directing style. Yeah. I do not like that. Do it again. That is excellent. Don't do that again. <laughs> Cause I mean like really if you were gonna make a sequel to the to the second film of this series, right? Yeah. Well, I mean what are you gonna That's okay, that's my thing. Just, the whole point of this movie is like we're gonna destroy the bridge the what's it called? The rift? The, no. Breach? The breach. We're going to destroy the breach, and we'll all be Gucci. <laughs> like, no worries, no more kaijus. Yeah, there's a sequel, and I looked it up. It takes place in the future, okay? So don't try to tell me it doesn't, because I know for a fact it does. So oh, yeah, no, what no. even happens there? They re-breach us? I can't, I can't tell you. It'll be a whole spoiler. Cody, the thing is, here's what I'll tell you right now. I'm gonna, we're going to jump to what I was going to say at the end when we got to the machine part. Okay. Here's what I'm going to give you the option to do. Yeah. As I set up the machine originally, the machine takes a series, and we're locked into that series till it's done. Oh, no. But I will allow you to throw the series back in so that we gotta, we gotta, it's got to come back up in the machine. But if it comes I... up again, you can't throw it back in a second time. I... Really don't want to watch a worse version of this movie. It's it's worse in every way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I'll take that back. John Boyega, I think. I love Charlie Hoonan. John Boyega is a better actor than him, I think. Charlie Hoonan is, like, really good in one movie that I've seen. And every other movie, he's, like, serviceable. I love him in every movie. He's got a good face. I'll give him that. He's in King Arthur, which I will tell you, is in the it's in the machine. machine. He does this. He goes like, he gets all uh, flat. Oh yeah, pun- because I, I know that because I've seen the trailer. <laughs> yeah, he punches. That movie's a treasure. I will be very interested, and when that eventually comes up in the machine, I'm very interested to see the parts that you like because you're gonna hate most. Uh, of it. I okay. Well, the movie I like him in is. Also a Guy Ritchie movie. The Gentleman. Charlie Hunnan's great in that movie. He's so good. I just don't see him as like carrying a whole movie, but he carries a lot of movies and television series. Here's my thing about this movie. He's 80% got the accent down. Yeah, I know. He is, <laughs> he is so oh. close to being 100. You know, he's right there. Solid B minus. Yeah. 80% of the time, you're like, you're American, but not from any specific region, but generically American. And then sometimes you're like, you... We're a little too, a little too British there. Yeah. Have you ever heard him speak normally in interviews? I don't think so. He sounds exactly the same. The word that got me was he said "world," which world. he said it like "world." Yeah. Like yeah. World. Okay. And I'm like, it's like, it's like he's somebody from Colorado trying to do a British accent. And we talked about this with or Robert Pattinson because like, it's the same thing with Robert Pattinson. When you hear him speaking in interviews, you're like, "Oh, I guess you are American British. What are who are you? Where are you from?" Yeah, you tell me by your accent now. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, why does he always get cast as? Why does they always cast him and tell him to do an American accent, or do they does he just have a very very light accent? Who? Which one? Hunan. I don't know enough about that man. He's British and the gentleman. Does he have a thick British accent? I mean, it is a Guy Ritchie movie. I don't recall, but See, I want to say yes. In King Arthur, or medium, also medium. a Guy Ritchie film. Mm-hmm. No, 
I think he just does his normal accent. I'm gonna I'm gonna spend a couple hours later on tonight <laughs> listening to guy to Charlie Hunan interviews to figure this out. Here's the only thing I wonder because I know if you're from like certain regions or like the upper class of certain regions, you will sound very close to like your base American accent uh-huh. if you're from Britain. Yeah, I've been watching a but... lot of a lot of Great British Bake Off, and. That's an interesting one because you have like 10 contestants from all over the UK, you know? So it's like, there was a guy this season who is North Ireland and it's one of those where you're like, you don't have an, no, you have a very strong accent. No, not at all. Like it's it's some, only some words really stick out, but then you have some people that are just like straight Irish and you have some people that are Scottish and Welsh, not a lot of Scottish, but you know, you get Welsh people and then you have English, you know, you get, it's interesting how... You know, for how small the UK is compared to the United States, there's like crazy variance in accents. Yeah. Which or, also, you know, how much is it that we just don't notice the variance in American accents? I feel like half of it is just vernacular, right? Like word, what words you use, like yeah. soda versus pop, cart yeah. versus buggy, yeah. those kinds of things. But, well, I mean, except for the, you know, the West is definitely different from the South, which is different from the Northeast. And then there's except really, for those yeah. dividing barriers, then like the northern Midwest for sure. I don't like know. Minnesota. Minnesota. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There. So, anyway, do you remember the guy who said bad news? There was a guy who said bad news. This is right after the Zoom meetings. He had a weird vibe, and I can't remember who he is now. But I wrote it down. I really wanted to talk to you about it. I I think. Oh, I, I have good that. news. I have bad news. He's the guy who said that. Oh, the foreman? He was he had a weird vibe about him. Yeah, he was like... The oh, wait, wait. No, no, I know who it was. There was a guy who said, go, the good news or the bad news? And there was a guy who was like, bad news. <laughs> like, yeah, he like... He said that wrong. Yeah. <laughs> he was like excited to ask for the bad news, but he's like, there's going to be good news coming up. And then he was, I don't know. I was like, who the, are you? I was waiting for him to have like a role in the movie later. And you're like, nope, just the dude who yeah. says I want the bad news with a weird. Uh, he's the reason why. My, I love that part of the movie. Uh, made so happy. <laughs> he's the reason for all you struggling actors out there. He's the reason why you have to be an extra like 5,000 times before they're like, you can order a cappuccino in the background. Yeah. <laughs> like, you have to not be nervous. <laughs> good news, bad news. He's like, nah. That's how you ask for bad news. Oh. <laughs> also, there's, here's, they, breast, they bust through the wall. They say, they say this in the movie, but they still build the wall after the guy. It took him an hour, they said. Less than an hour to bust through the wall. They're like, Which, the, wall, the wall's going to work. We're doing the wall. I don't know, man. Which people, you know, people can say all the time, they're like, well, they're still building the border wall. It's like, yeah, but I feel like as ineffective as that is, more effective. It'd be like if we are like... It, the border wall is taller than most, <laughs> most immigrants, like, I would say. So, arguably, I'm uh, pretty sure it is well over the height of the average man, right? Yeah. Am right. I right? I'm right. I would say it's the equivalent of instead of doing the the sheet metal that looks awful. The slats? Anyway, slats that they're doing. Instead of doing that, you know those like real old timey fences where they just 
pounded sticks into the ground. It'd be equivalent oh, if that like, was the border wall. Like Christopher Robin, 100 Acre Wood Fence? Yes. yes. Like if you could just kind of push the sticks over <laughs> and walk through the wall. That's kind of what they're building to stop the kaiju. And that's how you can tell how many people are coming to the country. You see how many sticks you're <laughs> yeah. pushing over. You put you the go. sticks back up. It's like a little turnstile for nature who's, who's crossing. I like this idea. Yeah. <laughs> that was my thing. When they were building the wall, I was like, why don't you do like big diagonal pointy sticks like you would do in the medieval times, you know, the big Moat. pointy poles or something. Like, so it's like, can't, you know, it pokes you if you try to run again. You know, I was just like, what? Yeah. It's just a wall that is either 50 feet thick or like half a mile thick. I wasn't. You know, when they were building it, it was like, how wide is this thing? And then when they broke through it, you're like, yeah, that was not much of a thing. Yeah, it it's like a wall. It's like it's like what you would build to keep people out, but it's meant to keep jump. They're also like, it's indestructible. I'm like, cool. And then they show the interior, them welding it together. Also, it shows him welding what appears to be he's grinding metal of nothing. He's doing nothing. And I don't then know. I just, it, I, I already told you, I lost it at the bricks. I was like, bricks. <laughs> Using bricks to stop these kaiju. Bricks can't survive an earthquake. You can't have sure. brick in California. Like, you can't build a house out of bricks right. in California. But if you have a house built out of bricks, you can get it listed as a historical monument so it can stay. But you have to put a notice. I know this because there's a place very close to where I live, like an antique shop. They have to put a notice. You're like, BT Dubs, this is not a safe building in an earthquake. Like, when you go into the... It's, like, there. So, anyway... So- what if you yeah. made a building out of bricks, but instead of mortar in between it, you did like like a rubber material so it would be a flex. So it could shake. jiggle? So it could jiggle. <laughs> so it could twerk? Yeah. Like it. <laughs> so when the, the, the fat beats of the Daft Punk Jaeger come down upon it, it can still move with the subwoofers? Exactly. Yeah. Now you're on to something. See, this is why I picked you for the threequel. You're ready. You're you're in the right headspace. Okay, I have a question for you. A lot of Jaeger names in this movie. Gypsy, what's it called? Gypsy Danger. Gypsy Danger, which was considered offensive in Romania or Hungary. (laughs) They were like, everyone called it Gypsy Danger, except they could not market that because people found it very offensive where there are large groups of gypsies. But they were like, no, 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 it's not talking about gypsies. It's referring to a plane called Gypsy. And you're like, well, yeah. what's that plane called Gypsy for? Anyway, I digress. Mm. Uh, what's your Jaeger name? My I already Jaeger? have it. I already have one for you, you know, but I could claim it as my own. I just want to know. What, what would you... My Jaeger name? Yeah, if you were a Jaeger. All the Jaegers have cool names. What would your name be? I can also just give you one. I only have one. It would be good for you. You know what? Give it to me. I'm going to Google. I'm going to bet you there's a Jaeger, Jaeger name generator. All right. Yeah. Your Jaeger name, I think, should be Tactical Chunder. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought would be a good one. That's good. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. That would be good. And then you have it like where it can shoot fireballs out of its mouth or something. Exactly. I, don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I was talking about like fireball whiskey or is it? Yes. <laughs> so it shoots that, it shoots and then it lights it on whiskey. fire, so it's both. <laughs> you know, really, it's both. 
You get a sponsorship going. You get the little devil from the oh, the Fireball uh, sponsor the Jaeger. You get Jaeger. Why wasn't there more corporate too? sponsorship for the Jaeger? Oh look, here's what I'm saying. Jaeger, they don't really need to, but I feel like they were heavily. It should have been like NASCAR with just like stickers all over the Jaeger. Look, if Jaeger, if Jaegermeister was not lobbying that for that name, I don't know. I, you know, this is not a realistic film. That's all I'm saying. You know. Yeah. Okay, so I, I've got I found the the Jaeger name generator. All right, you ready? If this was a Michael Bay movie, you know, would have been Coca Cola and all kinds of good stuff. Okay, I'm gonna hit the 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 just pick a number between one and ten, and I'll tell you your the name. Six. Horizon Arachnid. Horizon Arachnid. It's the worst Jaeger I'm name. I'm thoroughly disappointed ever. in my Jaeger name. Do one more. Okay. Do you get two? Beard Prime. Beard Prime? Like Optimus Prime? Exactly. But like... <laughs> I just think it's like the girlfriend for a gay... Like a closeted gay man, but it's Optimus yeah. Prime. Yeah. That's what I think of. Okay. Well, I mean, the one... I, so I, I I did it, and I got Paladin Moose. Paladin Moose. All right. I'm off Jaeger names now. I want Paladin Beard. That's what I want. Paladin Beard. Um, the Bone Slums. That was the other high point of the movie for me when they were like, gotta go down to the bone slums. Like, yes. Here's the thing. There we are. That neighborhood got destroyed and rebuilt. They didn't have to change the name. They changed the content of the slums, but they didn't change the name of the slums, Cody. Mm. Okay, here's the thing in the movie that did bother me. So Charlie Day has his whole thing, and his thing is he links up with the semi-functioning kaiju brain, all right, to learn all about the kaiju. And then... Ron Perlman is like, you idiot, it's a two-way link. Now all the kaiju know about our stuff. Then that never pays off. And they're like, you know what? Let's do it again, and it'll be fine. And it is. So what's that about? You sound exactly like the kind of guy that greenlit the second film, Cody. <laughs> That's what you sound like. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Um, Idris Elba is a treasure, yeah. And I hated his haircut in this movie. It drove me insane the whole movie. Like, okay, I know there's like the military haircut where it's like you have a tiny bit of hair on top of your head and then it's like a quick fade and then it's very, 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 very short or like shaved basically. Okay. Yeah. His was like that except the fade is just the hard part that goes halfway down to like his ear line and it didn't work at all. And it was it drove me crazy because it didn't look like a military haircut. But that was the vibe they're going for, except it looked wrong. He's not a military. He's the resistance. What? <laughs> Get out of here. I mean, it just looks like he got. It needed to be more faded, or it needed to be higher up. Either of those He's things would have been chill. Going. I did not like oh, it. Oh gosh, I just uh, I got into a nest of pictures where it's just my boy Charlie flexing, and I love it. Oh my god! Oh, it's him shirtless, Cody. I got okay. quickly got quickly go through that. But he does have a stash. Do you know why he got the part in this movie? Here's the thing. Legendary, it says Legendary basically said, here's a blank check. Go get people for the movie. Mm -hmm. To your boy, Guillermo. Guillermo. So, Guillermo went out. He's a sweet boy. And he said, who do I want to work with? That's how he cast the film. He's a big fan of Luther. So he went to Idris Elba. I want you in the film. Mm. (laughs) That's why. He's Guillermo del Toro. So Ron Perlman showed up out of nowhere and said, I'm here. And he's like, good. We're doing it. 
Fun fact, this is the first time Ron Perlman's been a human in a Guillermo del Toro movie since like the 90s. Oh, I saw it. It was like 93 yeah. the last time he was a human. Yeah. That's fun. Yeah. Um, so I guess Guillermo del Toro watches It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia? Yeah, th- there was a reason of that, but he, I think he just liked him. Yeah, Charlie Day is cool. Which he did. He was a ray of sunshine, like you said, for just that ridiculous, the be- it's the best line. Like, just the what? You know, just <laughs> Numbers. The- um, I, uh, I, I did, yeah. Yeah, numbers are the handwriting of God. Oh. What? So good. My favorite thing about the numbers guy is his whole thing is like, I'm a math genius and I'm here to help. And his whole theory is, we're bone. The number's gonna get bigger by one every time. <laughs> like, yeah. What? I mean, I guess you could argue like us, oh, it's going to be exponential growth or something. But when we're in the ones and twos, <laughs> that's just like, there's only two. I guess I was wrong. <laughs> like, like. Oh, there's three. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> like, we went from one to three. Yeah. My pants are still on. Like, they have not. My sock. Nothing's been blown off of me. Like, I'm still here. Yeah. I, it's 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 not blowing my mind he, that we're up to calculated. three. Here's the thing, Cody. He's he did, done calculus. Yeah. He's made the slope. <laughs> He's taken it. Here's it the thing like about calculus. Ju- sounds like junior level. <laughs> Let me take you know, a- me trying to come up with something where it's like, look, the line curves up, and, and we're here. It's gonna be three. <laughs> I want I want to call out calculus for a minute here. Yeah, because if I understand this right, this is calculus at its core. Right. So calculus, as we all knew, invented by Isaac Newton because he was bored during a pandemic. Isaac Newton, well known to be a nerd. <laughs> Yeah. All right? And a douche. Okay. For inventing calculus. Yep. It is the math of, I want to calculate the math of that line, but I want that line to be numbers. When most other math is about taking numbers and putting them into a line. And they're like, what if I just took this section and I calculated the numbers based on the angle of the dangle? You know what I'm saying? Yep. Derivatives. <laughs> My point is, what and why? <laughs> Here's the thing. Every professor, every calculus, is all you kids out there, every calculus professor will tell you they will mention accounting as one of the things. I was an accountant. My father was an accountant for 45 years. I, could, I asked him, I said, well, you use calculus all the time. He looked at me like I was a crazy person. He said, I have never used calculus. Fun fact. One of the other example they give of people that use calculus is economists. And that's actually true. <laughs> We're like one of the only people that have a useful thing to do with calculus except for rocket scientists. Yeah. So that's fun. Yeah. So, you know, just... Because you can check quantify economic principles into mathematics and lines and stuff. Yeah. And you can use derivatives to learn things about you... angles and numbers when they're changing and going up or down yeah so it always just that. seems like a well i want to know if this line is going up or down and yeah I'm like, i can tell you <laughs> the so, higher points on the left the lower points on the right it's going down that's what you think <laughs> and then you're what if in. there isn't a line and you only have to your point earlier what if you only have numbers and you have to use the handwriting of god <laughs> to turn those numbers into lines but the number on the left is bigger than the number on the right. You're, you don't understand down. math, all right? <laughs> okay. Um, 
I don't know what this line means. You tell me. Why aren't they starting with the one in the city? Because there was a kaiju in the city and they attacked the two in the ocean instead of the one in the city, I well, think. Why? The one that was actively threatening people versus the ones that were going to eventually get to the shore. I don't know what the deal was with that. Well, because that one was already in the city. You know, they got to stop the other ones from getting to the city. Oh, okay. Here's the other thing. They're shooting the plasma cannon into one of the kaiju. (laughs) Right? Oh, I knew you were going to bring up this dumb plasma cannon. (laughs) What am I going to say? Why does it sometimes take 30 seconds to charge and sometimes it's got a clip? I wish it were that simple. No, when they said empty the clip. Yeah. Where's the... Okay, here's... I know one thing. That gun people get annoyed when you say the clip versus the magazine. Yeah. Where was the clip of plasma on that robot? That's what I didn't get. I don't know. Because on one, in one scene, they're like, it's going to How effective charge. is the plasma cannon? Because they're like, it seemed like they're like one good punch on the plasma cannon. They're done. Maybe two. And then there's one that emptied the like 30 plasma cannon rounds. And you're like, what? Well, it's five years and like an unknowable number of kaiju later we could there's no form of math that could tell us how many kaiju have come or if it's growing or shrinking in size that's true point is cody Hmm. the plasma cannon is incredibly inconsistent and it drives me nuts that's true in the same fight it's got a charge versus having a clip here's you know I got no answers for you, Cody. Just like the lighting doesn't have to be consistent, the weapons don't have to be consistent. All right, shot to shot <laughs> doesn't matter. We're in a new shot. This is a this is a new a new portrait, a new painting, a new experience for us to enjoy. Yeah. That has nothing to do with what happened in the previous shot. They do talk about like Guillermo told them to frame every like shot, like he's like, I want it to look like a cool monster, like a painting that some anime artist would do yeah not like a shot of a movie Mm -hmm. which i think they nailed that kind of stuff yeah the thing is don't wait till you're fifty thousand feet in the air to bust out the sword oh i did write that they went why was that they went optimus all right you we've all seen transformers movies and the transformers some are punching some are shooting guns and those are the dumb transformers the cool one has a sword and his name is optimus that's what they did in this movie. They whipped out a sword, a chainsaw thing. And my favorite thing is they're like, we're all out of weapons. And then the girl who has never piloted this specific Jaeger before is but the she one. she redesigned it. Is the one who's like, nah, sword time. I was like, when did they get it? What? Everyone's question is, why didn't they use the sword sooner? But then they don't use it again. Like, a sword, I guess, makes sense, right? You cut through stuff. I don't know. They used the sword and it worked, and that needed to be the last fight. But then there's another fight, and the sword isn't even part of that. Or does he chomp off the sword? I don't know. He does use the sword, but it needed to be like, we used the sword. No, oh, Im- sword's a game changer. And now let's improve the sword and sword from now on. And yeah. instead, it's just like, that sword got us out of that pickle. But we better get chest rockets again. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, the chest rockets work. You, the, the One of them just had the EMP nub. My point is, she made it. She knew all the... She's like, I improved all the gadgets. But I'll tell you about them mid-battle. Here's the thing. I know they're the resistance, not of an army anymore. I can almost guarantee you, Cody, if they do, like, a minor software patch to, like, a fighter jet, 
Uh-huh. Those guys have to sit through like 10 hours of briefings on what that patch does. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're like, all right, so what we did is we put a sticker on your right wing. We put this sticker here to increase the aerodynamic lift, and you'll see this 0.021% increase in lift, which allows you to bang. You'll see by this demonstration here, seven hours later, they can fly the plane. They let this guy get in this thing that got destroyed five years ago, then rebuilt. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you'll figure it out on the way. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Why is there... I understand why everything switches, because it's supposed to be anime. But why is everything switches? I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I do know. Charlie Day. Yeah. And Math Guy. Math Guy. Yeah. Link. What did I... I wrote down here, their brains are scrambled egg now. Yeah. And I think... Because they melted. I think. But also, like... Well, then the next note is... Charlie Day is in the bone slums. And he's talking to Ron Perlman. He's like, give me a brain. And the whole reason he's there is because... um, Idris Elba was like, well, to get some of the money I needed, I sold all the rights of kaiju harvesting to this dude. So you got to go ask him for a brain. He goes and asks for the brain. The guy's like, that's dumb. You shouldn't have done that. We're not doing anything with that. Then Charlie Day survives the kaiju attack and is like, you owe me a kaiju brain. He doesn't owe you anything. He literally, legally, he doesn't. He never committed anything to you. It's not yours to have. I'm glad he helped you with it, but he didn't owe you it. He does it. His brain becomes scrambled egg, right? But then they're fine. But yeah, they're that's fine. what I wrote. His brain, there's no way. They're fine. They're fine. What you don't get is this is anime rules, which is how uh, Guillermo pronounces it. I'll have you know. Um, so yeah, he owed it. There was a debt that needed to be paid, and he was the agent of chaos. The guy, Hannibal Chow. First, <laughs> I forgot that's his name. First, his most favorite historical figure in his second favorite Chinese restaurant or something, right? I did like that. Yeah. Here's here's the other thing I wrote. Like, the mathematician might as well not have been there, like, in the movie. His job was to say, it's going to go up by one, and his other thing was like, oh, you helped Charlie Day in the end, I guess. But, like, I didn't get anything except for the handwriting of God thing, like, nothing else. I didn't need him there. I just but needed Charlie Day. Would the movie have... The, I think the movie would have suffered greatly without that that hand. You gotta have God someone line. to laugh at. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... I, I like right. it. I like, I like them. They're a good team. They're a good duo. You know, you got the one side... Because you, you got the two sides of the scientist coin there. You got the scientist who's elbow deep in the gook. And you got the scientist that is like numbers... <laughs> so you got the scientist and the nerd yeah yeah the one who's like i said i'm a scientist because kaijus are brad and i want to learn the kaijus i got kaiju tattoos yeah and then the other guy who's like a caricature of everyone's austrian math professor you know yeah all right i'm sold i'm sold on it i know you're sold on it so here's the thing i told you i have a complicated history with this movie tell me the complicated there was a time in my life where I was a missionary, and I didn't watch movies. The last, like, week of my mission, some dude was like, I can't believe you're going home. There's, uh, it's going to be great. You're going to watch all these movies. I was like, sure. He gave me a Wi-Fi extender thingy 
and a copy of Pacific Rim. He's <laughs> like, Tate, he like wouldn't let me leave his house without taking his spare Blu-ray of Pacific Rim. So I actually, at one point in my life, I owned this movie on Blu-ray for no reason at all. I was like, great, I'll watch this. And I did watch maybe most of this movie. I think I stopped watching after the sword thing. I was like, like my friend and I were like, oh yeah, that's that movie. I have it. We should watch it. I guess neither of us had seen it. And to come out a few like three months before, whatever. We sat down to watch it. It was like on in the background. We watched some of it. I did not enjoy it. By the time the sword came out, I was like, so we can just like stop watching this, right? <laughs> and then we did something else. And next thing I knew, the credits were rolling. <laughs> so nice. that is my history with this movie. I did see it in the year 2000, early 2014, I guess. So yeah, you know, it was on Blu-ray at that point. So uh, yeah, that's what I know about. So I've experienced some of this. Some of these yeah. grabs have stayed with me for the last seven years until today when we get to discuss it. So that's cool. Uh, who's out here? Charlie Hoonan, I think, takes off his helmet or something at some point during the when they're in the underwater part. Well, yeah, when I they're he... in the in the nether dimension. Oh, okay. I don't know why I put that. I was like, why isn't his helmet on? Yeah. All because of cinematics. Well, he took it off, and they were. Then he went around to go get the reactor to blow up. Oh, and he had to. He had to like take out her oxygen tube and put in his, so she could live. I did like the part where like his ship bobs up or hers bobs up, and his, and she like it makes you like that's actually a nice little moment. Mm-hmm. I just there was still I think some fat that needed to be trimmed a little bit, and well, it needed to be shortened a little bit, and maybe yeah doubled down the efforts on the fighting i just think that last thing like you said it doesn't feel like a climax it feels like we're not fighting kaiju anymore we're trying to press the button and you know it's like that's i don't need yeah. five minutes of that you also don't need like five minutes of because you know they're gonna sacrifice himself yeah they're gonna press the button to then not sacrifice himself. yeah exactly you're like we know you're gonna do it i just want to see how you do it you know yeah so that's that's where i'm at um Fun fact, I'm sure you read this. There were, they designed about 100 kaijus and 100 Jaegers for this movie. Yeah. And then they voted like week by week as they were in the design process to see which Mm -hmm. ones they kept. That surprised me. (laughs) Everyone's cool, but I didn't think they were like, oh, this is obviously the top 1% of the hundreds they made, you know? Yeah. I was like, oh, these are cool. The way that they designed the, the Jaegers specifically... I was fascinated by how much effort went into it and everything. Like, because each of them are are designed to represent the country they're from. Like mm. the the Gypsy Danger is the American robot, so it's they give it kind of like a a strut is how it walk to its walk, and they've got it like it's built like bigger chest and wider arms and everything uh-huh. versus the. Uh, um, the Australian one, which is a lot more subtle and a lot faster. Like, it's got, like, outback camo vibes yeah. to it and everything. How about then, those? Okay. Oh, the Russian one. Oh, that top oh. is supposed to be, like, a, like a cooling tower. Oh. for Because Guillermo del Toro says if you look close, it's looks it actually looks like a smaller robot carrying a nuclear reactor on its back. Interesting. But the craziest thing was they started from the inside. So they designed how the robots moved, like their skeletons and everything, then put the shells on them and put vents and things. Where So they designed them like, okay, 
without the limitations of materials having to bear the weight of the robot or anything like that. Let's make it actually work and move so that we can animate it. Oh, uh huh. Which see, it just they look great, but mm-hmm. that seems more like more. They put more effort than it feels like they did. Yeah, but not in a bad way, in my opinion. Just in a yeah, just in a like back backwards kind of like uh well just in a like you guys put ten thousand percent effort into this and it came out as well as like the really good transformers animations yeah where they definitely didn't put that much work into it sure i and look you're talking about the jaegers i want to talk about the jaeger pilots just just one of them just the russians (laughs) yeah (laughs) what we have the darkest possible beards and the blondest, like early Eminem style hair, but it's big and quaffed and feathered. Yeah, and you know that's the question: it, Did they dye the hair? Did they dye the beards? And I don't know if we'll ever know. I say neither. <laughs> that's, that's just how it goes. I mean, my hair's blonde and I got dark stubble. So there's a lot of radiation going through their bodies too. <laughs> like a lot. I just love that it was like an anime character of like a Russian pilot. You know, yeah. like it was that was very much the vibe. But it was just just amazing to to behold yeah which i mean that's kind of what they're going for the vibe of you know supposed to be an anime characterization of these pilots like the (laughs) like the americans you know basic white guy sure and the australians are supposed to be real macho and the russians are russian and the chinese are fast yeah i okay that's the other, that's the only other thing I want I have to bring but, up about. Did you movie. notice the Russian music anytime they were on screen? Maybe. There was a like a little Russian tune that would play anytime they were on the screen. I love that. It's amazing. I uh the only other thing about this movie, sorry. So the whole thing is two pilots, they get together, they go in the drift, they link up and they're fully linked. And then they're still like yelling back and forth to each other all the time. Like you just, I feel like you write yourself into a corner <laughs> because you're like yeah. I know everything that's happening. Everything's going on. We're all connected. We know what's going on. But then they're arguing with each other out loud and saying stuff, which yeah. is weird. But then also later, too, she's like, listen, about that back there. And he, he always has to remind us, like, I know exactly what you were feeling. And then she said the same thing, like, I know exactly what it felt. I'm like, yeah, we all know this. You got to keep reminding us. I don't know. It was just weird. It yeah. was just weird the way they kept, like, going back to it. Well, I do think the only reason they talked at all would have been for the Audience. benefits you know nope, that's not audience. true according to the writer he said they did it to help them focus eh, so but they're already linked so because well, i would that. think so the whole purpose right you would in the drift again we're probably we're definitely overthinking it in the there's original no, creator's there's mind no overthinking pacific rim <laughs> is supposed to be like deserves all of our thoughts if a kaiju pops up on your right and you react, you're supposed to both react the same way. That's why you have to like have this connection. Yeah. So like that's why your minds are kind of melded because that at that instinctual reaction level, you have to go the same way or else you're gonna tear the robot in half. Yeah. I didn't think it's funny. This kind of like your left arm and right arm. You're like, aren't you? I thought you were melding to be the same one. But Le- there's one with three Look. arms and they're triplets. Oh, yeah. That's a whole. Yeah. Look, I want to see the market for quintuplets. All right. Where, where's the quintuplets out here that are going to pilot the five arm robot? The three arm. It's got three arms and two legs. Is it the, do they each get a leg? Because I would love to see 
the triplet one should have three arms and three legs. Yeah. I I mean, I take it back to this is not a good explanation. The whole thing is like, well, they have an extra arm. Well, they need an extra guy. That's how that came about. Okay? <laughs> That's how that came about. I, I tell you that right now. But but, so, the but would, also, it's like when they're doing the cannon and the move, it's always like the guy on the right side is doing the right arm to link up that cannon or the left. You know, whatever. It's fine. It's I, fine. Which one of them is controlling the robot's kidneys? You know, which one's got the liver? You know. That's what I'm The spleen. If you go off of the lower the, abdominals. There's like receptors and stuff. Input that you have to process. A brain has to process. Yeah. Then that makes more sense. Extra arm would require an extra brain. More process. Right. The point is, it definitely was someone drew a picture with three arms. They're like, well, they need an extra guy. That's the, They're like, look, I'm sorry. This is one of the five <laughs> coolest designs. We voted on it every week. Three arms wins. The point is, too... They had a yeah, style. Yeah, I was like, look, there's a What's there's the a there's th- there's a set of Chinese triplets that I want to work with and I need you to design them a robot. They they were doing it. They're like, "Oh yeah, they use this style of technique." It's like, "What? There's only ever been 30 of these. How is there like a style?" <laughs> I don't know. It's like when you're the fourth understand. guy to ever do a thing and you're like, "I use this technique to do it." It's like, "No, there's no this technique. You're the the first person was last week. You're the fourth person it's to like do it. Like that guy that wrestles with with no legs. Yeah. You know, it's like there's no name for his technique. It's just that's the way he does it. Exactly. It's the way it works. Yeah. So, what else is there to say? I would you recommend this movie? I propose no. I would. But I would watch 30 minutes of this movie. Like you know, like I yeah. I would watch the right 30 minutes of it. I'm. Fingies crossed, never going to watch this movie again. I had a mind-blowing fact for you. What? And it's gone from my brain. Help me remember. We were talking about the Chinese triplets. <laughs> They're three arms. There's the Russian robots. It's anime style. Guillermo del Toro's in this movie as a director. That's true. He is in the movie as a director behind the camera in every is scene. Is it facts about like the making of? Yes. The way it's the, the Jaegers are designed? Oh. The rigs. There were some. I did read about some impressive rigs yes. for this movie. That's what it was. It was the. What did they call it? It's a, the name. They the rig that they put the pilots into. Yeah. In real life, like the set for that. There's a real rig that's like how big? Like Guillermo del Toro says, two tons of metal strapped to you. And isn't it like a couple stories tall or something? Yeah, they it's said? Huge. huge. It is the size of the head of a Jaeger. Wow. That they and like so when they're like stepping, they're like lifting up a bunch of and there's like machinery to help them move and stuff, yeah. but they're still like he's like, it breaks everybody at some point. And my favorite thing is they're like going through like, yeah, it breaks some everybody has a day where they're just I can't get it. I can't do it again. I can't do it anymore. I'm yeah. I'm out. I'm done. And they're like, that's the he reached the breaking point. And then it cuts to Charlie Hoon and he's like, Yeah, I don't know. I think they're all just weaklings. <laughs> He's like, it's not that bad. Oh, man. But I think one of them mentioned him breaking. So I don't know if he's just like, yeah, it's fine. Or, <laughs> I don't, yeah. But it's just funny because it's like pretty much everybody who gets in these is yeah. to some degree shredded. It is, it is always interesting because you look at this movie and you're like, it's all CG. And you're like, yeah, there's a lot of CG, but uh, good filmmakers will always have some practical something in there to ground yeah. everything. And they built a two-ton, you know, giant rig for those shots to help them make it look good and yeah. go off of like did you know that so the when it shows gypsy dangerous fist going through the office mm-hmm. that's a set that they 
That's crazy. It's all they did like miniatures, but it's still like a good size. It's still at least the length of your apartment here. And then they've got like they had a ram that they pushed through it with a green screen on the front uh-huh. that they put the fist in, That's and it was crazy. like sending stuff flying. I did not like that when it hits the Newton's. What's it called? There's so many of the, the balls. How, what are there's at called? least yeah the Newton's cradle. But it's just like you didn't hit the balls. You hit the desk under the balls, and then Except, the ball yeah. started going. Like that's not how it works. Get the ball. Was that the third time, or was that before they dinked the like pillar at the pier? They did that too many times. They did that joke too many times yeah. with the big robot. But he also told him, "I like this part." So those shipping containers that we were, you were like, "What's this for?" I was like, "You know, you gotta grab a thing to punch a guy, whatever." He told him, he's like, they have to, if they're going to smash a shipping container, stuff has to fall out. Like mundane things that would be Mm -hmm. in a shipping container. And it's just, it amazed me all these little stuff, like how much care he put into it and how much he wants this to be the thing that gets kids into monster movies and wants it to be like worth, you know, stuff. And it's like, they're like described as his sense of humor because he'd be like, make, make a moped fall out of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's not like oh a thousand TVs fell out of these shipping containers. It's just a random assortment of crap. And he's just like yeah, <laughs> it's just really dumb. But at the same time, I do like that he's like yeah. Usually you do the thing. You do just the debris. You do vague debris. He's like no. You're gonna make a tiny car. You're gonna make a tiny desk. You're gonna make yeah. things that will get broken and thrown. So I appreciate the effort that went into it. Him saying it was a kids movie changed my view on it yeah made me rethink a lot of things i've heard the same thing about like gi joe that's like the vibe they were going for yeah you know, it's like what if a bunch of people a bunch of kids were around playing with gi joes that's the level this movie needs to be operating at yeah i have not seen gi joe but uh it's on, it's on par i'd say i've seen the trailer anything else to say no i i just think it's a fascinating film i think it's interesting to see guillermo del toro make a movie like this where this is the same vibe, like the same effort in it the other direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's all over the map. He really is. I I still think we need to watch his horror movie for... Um, Spooky Boys? Yeah, I think for our Halloween episode, because it's supposed to be really good. Yeah. Um, the Devil's Backbone. Come on. Uh, yeah. The Devil's Backbone. He did Shape of Water. He did Pan's Labyrinth. He did... Pacific. He's... He's everywhere. He's nowhere. Yeah. All right. He mentioned Devil's Backbone and the other film, the other older, more grounded film that he made. I guess that uh, is like inspiring certain parts of this film. And I was like, how? <laughs> this is like an anime kaiju monster movie. What? You can't pin him down. The scientists have tried. He's a right? crazy person. I don't person. know what he is. I wonder what this movie is you're talking about. The for the older one, it was like, what's his first feature film? All right, I'm I'm about to pull it up. Wow, he's an he's an actor in 18 movies. He's written 39 credits. All right, first pre- credit is Doña Lupe, which means Mrs. Lupe or oh. Lady Lupe. Geometria, geometry, uh, TV show, Chronos. That's Kronos. the last one. He was uh, Ron Perlman was a man in Mimic. The Devil's Backbone, Blade 2, Hellboy, Pants Labyrinth, Help. Okay, this is the run where we think we know what he's doing. Because he's Hellboy, Pants Labyrinth, Hellboy 2, Pacific Rim. Those kind of 
have a through line, you know? Yeah, which they did bring up Blade 2, which was just really funny, too, because they were like, yeah, he likes to make monster movies. Like, what was the list they gave? They were like, Hellboy, <laughs> something else, Blade 2. And I was like... Yeah. Crimson yeah. Peak, Shape of Water, and that brings us up to today. Troll Hunters, how he, dare you? He did direct some TV episodes of Troll Hunters. That's a Netflix show. Wow. For you guys who at home who are wondering. But yeah, he directed I think... PT, the short video game horror prequel to Silent Hill yeah. game that never got made. And everybody, everybody wishes it would. That was a cool game. You know, fun fact, PT means playable trailer. Stop. It means, what was it? Some guy was reviewing it and he was like, what is PT? This stand for peaceful trees because <laughs> like that's that's like the the cover for it and then it gets so dark because the guy had, like no idea what it was you know oh. and I did the blind playthrough. I I'm not a, a shouter a screamer. Like the one time I can recall like seriously screaming at a movie or anything was watching someone play PT. I had already seen it played through like three times and it got me and like I made a sound that I cannot replicate nor did I know what it was. Nice. Yeah. So that's fun. Jump scares, they're always fun, you know? I bit my tongue yesterday playing a game because I was playing a game that I was like, this is not a scary game. And then there was a jump scare out of nowhere in a game Those that's been the just worst. a chill puzzle game. Or it's like when there's like a, a car crash out of nowhere in a movie where you're like, we're driving. And you're like, no, you know? And they do it like a jump scary way. It'll get you. There's no jump scares like that. There are, I guess there's the a couple, but they're not ones that will make you almost bite through your tongue yeah this this is a good movie for good boys and girls and other i disagree but uh you know you disagree it's not for other how dare you cody well i guess that's all there is to say that's really all there is we thank you for listening you're welcome to share us opinion havers you can also tweet or facebook us at opinion havers I haven't made us a, an account on. No. Hold, Say it ain't so. Hold up. No. I can't remember. The, OG Social, <laughs> which is like social media, except instead of ads, you pay a small fee. Oh, that's nice. It's, so there's no ads. What's the user base size on, uh, on that? Uh, let me, let me go. Uh, uh, small-ish, but not like, we're not talking about uh, Mastodon, you know. Not talking about the Titan that is Mastodon. Oh, yeah. Talking about, uh, let me go to this here, uh, Discover, you know. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, well. I follow, there's like one person, because it's trying to figure me out. So it has not figured me out yet. So it's only got one picture there. Mm. So the point is, you know, it's not that big, and they're, they're doing their best. There are a couple of good boys out there doing their best. And I'll probably put stuff for the podcast on there. All right. Out. OG social at opinion havers. Yeah, it's just opinion havers. There's our thing. There's our logo. There's our our thing. You know, our description. That's yeah. the same one. It's right there. Well, thanks for listening. And until next time, watch movies and have opinions. Did you want to do the thing? Oh yeah, we gotta do the thing. I can't do another. I'm gonna be honest. I gotta veto the sequel to the V. What now, see Cody? It just goes back into the machine. That's fine. That's fine. Just I, It has to happen later. I yeah. need some space. You need space. You need time. I need time. some distance. You need time to heal, to recover. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Are you ready? Do you want to watch it? Do you not want to watch it? No, just you, tell me. Okay. Do the thing. 
Are you ready? Yeah. John Carter. You've boned yourself. <laughs> no, why? Uh, I, I take it all back. <laughs> if I could turn back time. Every time I close out of the thing, gives me hot shots. The co- police movie? Hot shots? Sure. Yes. Is that what it is? Hot fuzz is what you're thinking. Anyway, John well, Carter. What is hot shots? The next film. I thought I knew what hot shots was. You love John Carter. You love it. You want it. You have I dodged. It. You're making me relive so many bullet 